0: Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week, we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Episode 2206, Five Leadership Recipe Ingredients. We're going to introduce the audience today, Lisa, to this uh, leadership recipe. I initially a hundred years ago called it a progression, <laughs> but th- this is the power. This is the power of the collective and, and I love it. And I think it's a really good illustration and maybe a good, a good launching place for today's show. I came up, I was in my late twenties when I figured out, well, I figured out a few things. Now I was running retail business. And the first thing I figured out is what I call the trifecta of business building. I figured out that every activity that I engaged in would fit into one of three buckets, getting new customers, serving existing customers better, and not going crazy in the process. (laughs) So those were my, those were my activities at the time. But shortly thereafter, I came up with what I call the progression of leadership. I was trying, I was working on myself. I was 27, 28 years old. I was in charge of about a $14 million enterprise at the time, which was big stuff for a young, young guy and came up with what I call this progression. And I called it a progression because each one built on the other. So now fast forward and Lisa and I are spending a lot of time together, uh, to, to try to help her through this slump that, that she has hit, <laughs> uh, and we've all got them, uh, yes. the bump and, in the
1: road that lasts a little longer than you planned. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes a pothole yeah. in a ditch. <laughs> you
0: know, And, and at some point in these conversations, she is likening all this to a recipe. The ingredients starting out, the ingredients do go in a progressive order. They need to be added in the, in the right sequence but depending on who we are and how we're wired and our circumstances and where we're at, yeah yeah you know we we may need to we may we may need to go a little heavier on one you know than another <laughs> put it that, that way right
1: yeah yeah so let's begin let's
0: let's before we dive into the specifics of all of that let's talk about how we can completely sabotage this recipe how we can how we can foil our own success as leaders, some of the things that may get in our way or derail us. What do you well, think? I can
1: I can talk about it a little bit from what I know from an HR perspective that we work with leaders on across the organization. And then for many of you listening, whether you're a leader, not a leader, um, doesn't matter what industry you're in, You we, we talk about serving others and how you help others. I think the, the one thing that can absolutely derail it is thinking you're the smartest person in the room and you know dictating what you think needs to be done without asking the questions to figure out what everybody else thinks needs to be done. Because it also depends on what level. Some of our best ideas, at least in our team and in, uh, in our city, come from the frontline people dealing with the issue. They often best know how to solve for it Uh, But you have to create an environment where they can bring those ideas forward safely without criticism and without uh, diminishing the idea or discounting it, etc. So I think number one is thinking you're the smartest person in the room and you just telling everybody what to do or that you know best or you setting the goals for somebody else without hearing what they would like to achieve, because maybe they have a great idea that would make us better as well, that's my thoughts. Randy, you have others? That's just one of me. No, well
0: I, and I think it's a great place I think it's a great place to to start um, you know when you think about the things that, that get in our way. We hinted at it last time. Well, we went ahead and said it, I think last time. The higher up we go, the more Intel, the more information we have access to. Correct. It's just, it's just access. It doesn't mean that we're that much more brilliant than anybody. It just means we are in meetings that other people aren't in on. We are privy to information that other people don't need to be burdened with.
1: We have relationships that others don't yet have or have formed.
0: And so all of those things I think can pander to our ego. Mm -hmm. All of those things can make us think I'm special. Well, your position may be special and maybe you are special. <laughs> I know your mom thinks you're special and maybe your dad <laughs> thinks you're special, but you know, it it still doesn't mean that you're the smartest person in the room. I, I would challenge everybody to consider walking into a room and can we make that room smarter, not because of our intellect, not because of our access, but our mere presence and the way that we handle ourselves one thing that you're going to hear us talk about until you may get sick of it hopefully not but we we need to continue to beat the drum there's a reason that those of us that go to church go to church regularly right i mean you you hear sermon after sermon after sermon why we need the reinforcement of these ideas we need, rein- behavior. we need we yeah. need reinforcement of of these things And hopefully that's part of what this podcast can do for folks. Can we enter a room and can we make the collective room smarter? Can we bring out the smartness of these people? And what you said earlier about frontline people, I got news for you. That's true. And that's true. I don't care what industry, I don't care what the space is go to the people that are doing that work every day. And I can promise you because that is their world. They're living in this every day. That's right. They've got great ideas on how to solve the problem. They're just waiting for somebody who will shut up long enough to listen to them or somebody who will come along and ask them, Hey, what do you guys, what do you guys think about this?
1: That's right. Yeah. And the, in the challenge, um, think about how many times in the past, any of you listening may have gone into either you went into a meeting as the leader or you attended a meeting with somebody else and they just started. Let's say, you know, in my HR world, I went into a meeting and they're like, Well, we're going to be adding these positions. We're going to be doing this. We're going to start this. We know what they need to be paid. The comp study, we're going to enter them at the highest range. We're going to, and they just start telling you. And not yet have they asked, Can we do it? Can we afford it? Where is it best classified? To the people that know that best, right? That's in an HR setting. In a leadership setting, how many times have you walked into a room and go, guys, this is my idea. What I'd like to do is blah, 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 blah. And you're bringing your team together. Rather than start with, guys, I've noticed a problem in this area that's causing us you know, more work or inefficiencies. How might we best start resolving that. What issues do you see? And you chart it out. And then you get everybody. The more you do that, the more people start wanting to provide ideas. If it's not, we talked about safe safety, right? I call it soc- psychological safety. We have to have safety where the, their ideas can be heard and not discounted. You know, they can't, don't say no, no, we're not going to do that because guess what you've just done. Well, I'm not going to share again because now I look stupid in the whole room. Uh-huh. Right. So you've got to listen. I was in another meeting um, at a different entity, and I remember the, the individual saying, what we need to focus on first is policies. We need to get policies updated. Very tactical to a director level person that that may need to be done. But, you know, sometimes you wonder, is that really the most critical thing or does that need to be on our priority list? added to, but what do you see that we need to get done? One of my focuses would like to be on policies. What else do you see that we need to do as a unit to make our city stronger? How much more impact does that have versus telling somebody this is what I want done? And I think we do have to tell occasionally, I would like this done, can you add it to your list and let me know when you can get that done? Then you've immediately empowered the other person to have a say. Uh, I just attended a meeting today, and our city manager did a great job. He was talking about, hey guys, I throw out stuff and sometimes I work really fast and I want things done like yesterday. But what was great about it is he said, but please don't hesitate. You know your, your and your team's load better than I do. If that is too fast, raise your hand and say, hey Steve, I can't get it to you this week, but I can get it to you in two weeks. Does that work or do I need to shift priorities? here's what else I'm working on. And they're amazing at doing that. But I think some people hesitate. They think if, and and it may be different in every entity, but in ours, he's not afraid for us to say, pause, hold on, I've got this other thing. Can that, does that need to stop? And I need to refocus on this. So at least we're communicating. And, And the fact that he opened that up again, created safety, right? Because he said, hey, raise your hand. If that doesn't work for you, let me know. And we can decide as a team if that's if that's uh, going to work or not. And it helps us both know what's going on. And he's respecting me to manage my, my load and my team's load. So that's just another example.
0: But in many organizations, that whole alpha behavior is what got me my job. So my argument could be, yeah, but Lisa, I mean, I've been promoted. And I'm promoted because... I'm an answer guy. And so that tell mode has worked for me. I've got, I've got a history of being promoted, you know, up the chain. So the very thing that I have been rewarded for in my organization, that's counter to everything that you just said for me to enter a room and try to be collaborative, the organization. I feel like the organization is rewarding me, paying me, compensating me. Mm -hmm. to be the person who's got the answers. So I'm feeling this pressure. I do need to be the smartest person in the room. I have to be the smartest person in the room. And you would say what?
1: Well, I would, I would disagree. I don't think you have to be the smartest person in the room. You can still, you can still achieve the same objectives and get the same things done by asking a few more questions and, and sharing that with your team, in my opinion. Um, now, I always say, I always say, cause we're HR and they're like, Oh, for God's sakes, here we go on this touchy feely, everything has to be a group decision. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that because there are moments we do need to say, guys, I need this done. You know, I need this done and I need this done. Uh, yeah, right but, you're now. In a per-
0: but you're in a perfect position to see where you know, the Peter principle kicks in and if you don't know what the Peter principle is, Google it, but short and simple, it is this, you get promoted to the point where, okay, you've been over promoted, you get promoted, you get promoted, you get promoted and all of a sudden you're promoted and okay, you were good before, but now you're not, now you're not good. And now you're at risk of imploding your career or exploding your career. Right. And you, of all people, as an HR director, every HR director, I guarantee, can tell us stories and share stories of somebody that they just got one promotion too many. Because now, right, they got promoted because they were good technically at their work. They got the work done. They did get rewarded for that smartest, being the smartest person in the room. But now they're responsible for helping other people be smart.
1: Yeah. And And they just don't know how. That right there is the most difficult move, in my opinion, of any leadership. Moving from a technical expert to strategic, I just had another, I mean, that is probably the number one conversation that I have in helping people stretch and grow is moving from technical expert to leader and, and shifting from doing to teaching, consulting, guiding thought asking questions so that they also reach the same things themselves rather than doing it. Because the technical side, it is, it is just difficult and that can derail you because at some point you cannot do everything, especially the more you escalate in leadership. At some point you cannot keep up by doing everything yourself and you're not helping anybody. You're not helping the team grow. You're not helping the team in knowledge. You're holding it yourself, trying to crank out the work rather than teaching others how to do that work and how to do it really, really well to serve others. And that's what we're all about in leadership is serving, serving up, serving out and serving down.
0: Well, this recipe, yeah, this recipe was formed to give some context. I was, I'm guessing 27. I don't remember exactly, but I was, I was, I was early in, I got my first big, big opportunity to be kind of the head guy
1: smarty pants at, big shot
0: yeah at 25 <laughs> uh, well i was really for i was fortunate because i started early right you know i was 15 when i started selling stereo equipment back when they had hi-fi stores no don't look it up because they don't have them anymore um
1: <laughs> don't date yourself randy no, so, we look you know, so young in the so, podcast yeah, don't
0: i though <laughs> yeah it's thanks to zoom filters or something uh you know so by the time i'm 25 i got 10 years experience so there's I don't know. There's some lesson there. Start early. If you, if you have a clue, (laughs) I didn't have a clue. I just stumble bumped into it, but I was working on myself because I had achieved based on my own personal contributions, sales, uh, I got involved in purchasing and merchandising. So I had a little bit of chops in, in those departments, but it's your work. It's just your work. Okay. You might have an assistant but it still is just your work. And now all of a sudden you're, you're looking at a whole bunch of faces and there's warehouse delivery people. There's merchandising people, there's sales people, there's cashiers, there's back office admin kind of people. Well, now I'm, I'm faced with I can't do I I can't do all this work yeah I mean this is not this is not my individual contribution anymore so it was under that cloud that this whole recipe idea this whole progression of leadership was born do do you think what role do you think if any in making that transition and I get not everybody's in that I do think everybody who 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 gets a promotion and they go from no direct reports at to all any
1: to any direct reports
0: to having direct uh-huh. reports Correct.
1: Uh-huh. and
0: that's a game that's a game changer what role if any do you what are your comments about the the ingredients that we're fixing to kind of unfold for our audience how that can help people make that transition
1: well, I I think these the ingredients for this leadership recipe, these five ingredients we're going to talk about, they I I believe they're absolutely critical. Now, sometimes I think some people may not have them specifically named like we do, but I think we will help explain them in an easy to understand way so that you can apply those if you aren't already. And I suspect most people most people listening honestly, whether you're a leader or not, because you can also be an informal leader without the title and people come to you because of respect or because of the way you handle situations. So I think this universally applies. We call it the leadership recipe, but you don't have to have the title to be a leader. So I think this applies to any of our listeners and it is critical because each component relies upon the other to do it really well. And it, it, absolutely takes you from being a good leader to a great one you know i call it average to awesome so if you want to be really good if you just want if you if your mark is to hit i want i just want to be good enough then apply none or some if you want to be great really listen to these ingredients and work to apply and change your behavior as a leader to incorporate them And you will see the needle move, in my opinion. It's helped me, and I've been a leader for since 2000, well, since 1996, when I was hired here as a manager. And I've continued to grow in recent years. Uh, I think I did some of them well, and others I was like, okay, that's a great concept I need to apply and do a little bit better on. So, like you talked about in a recipe, you know, you think about cupcakes, cakes. Some are really heavy and have more flour and some, you don't like heavy. You want it really light and you add a little bit more oil and less flour. That's exactly what this ingredient recipe is all about. It's all about knowing how to apply them and knowing when you need a little more or a little less in any given situation. And and I think that's what's critical here. Hopefully I answered your question.
0: Yeah, no, no. Perfect. And let's make a distinction I think we've alluded to this already, but if we haven't, then let's be really clear because terms matter and the way that you and I use words and the meaning that we ascribe to them, we'll just inside baseball, we need, we need to let the rest of you know, a boss and a leader, they can be the same, but they may not be the same. You can be a boss and be bad at leadership. You can be a leader and not be the boss. Bosses have authority. Bosses have position and title, and they've got a certain degree of power. In my opinion, the absolute best case scenario is when the boss is a great leader. That's right. Because now their ability to serve is amplified because they now have authority. They have authority to knock down the roadblocks and to flatten all the speed bumps and to make life so much more effective and efficient for the people that they're leading. If they've got the power to back it up, that's right. It's not necessary, but it's great. It is also why I think there's a tremendous pressure and there should be on the number one, on the city manager, on the CEO, on that person that is at the top. Who's got that proverbial sign. The buck stops here. If that person, is a spectacular leader, man. It just makes life so much better for everybody in the organization. But yeah, the good news is no matter where you are, no matter what your title or lack thereof, you can, you can start, you can start today. This isn't highbrow stuff, by the way, because I'm not a highbrow guy and I just don't have the horsepower, I. I don't have the brain power to come up with anything too, too terribly complicated. And I was looking at myself. You've heard us say it repeatedly. You will continue to hear it as a theme throughout all of our podcasts. Leadership is a focus on others. It's influence. It's doing for others what they can't do for themselves. But there is this element of self-awareness. There's this element of you've got to look in the mirror and that's this balancing act that you've just got to continue to pull off to your point about. Do we want it a little heavier? Do we want it a little bit lighter? That's where we've got to have real big clarity so that we can see the situation and ourself in that situation accurately. All the more reason to not put pressure on yourself to be the smartest person in the room.
1: Well, and to that point too, when you talk about boss and leader and, and the whole concept of this particular, pot, this particular session and podcast is how to derail that. Try not using any of the ingredients. Try being the boss all the time and telling people what to do because you have authority. It's, you know, it's almost the use of that. A leader should have influence. They should be able to create engagement. They should have the authority to make decisions, but they don't use it for power. They use it for influence, right? Um, So talk about derailing it. As I mentioned, you can you can look back at a really bad leader and see everything you don't want to do and you can learn a lot from a really bad leader as much as you can from a really great one
0: and Most we want to can.
1: emulate yeah <laughs> we've all had one yeah. we all have if you haven't had a bad leader congratulations you know
0: you, you have, I wish you I were haven't, you yeah you have you just haven't worked long enough that's the deal yeah
1: you must you must be young in your career
0: yeah exactly <laughs> If you haven't worked
1: for one, but hold on. If you haven't worked for one, you've definitely worked with one. And you're like, if I don't have to talk to that person again, that would make my day. (laughs) We've all seen them, right? We've all had to work with them or work for them. And we don't want you all listening to be that leader.
0: Well, I've told you my barometer. I've told you my barometer. My barometer is the caller ID on my phone. So if the number and if the name pops up on my phone and I go,
1: oh Oh, no, yeah,
0: you know, okay, then that's not good. That's not good. (laughs) Really? You you want to you want to be the caller ID that pops up on people's phones and they're
1: and they want to interrupt their call going, I got to take this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it's not because it's the boss. Is because I really I really want I want this conversation. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the when See, when Randy Cantrell pops up on my phone, I'm like, oh, man, I want to take this. He's good at what he does. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you need to broaden your scope of influence is what you need. All right. So dive, all right. dive in, dive into this. And
1: all right. So let's talk about Let's talk a little bit about the ingredients. I think that's going to help everybody. Uh, and then we'll. This this is kind of just an introduction because we we don't want you to derail. We we want you to stay on a track that's sound, that you're improving and that you're growing. That's the this whole podcast is about growing great, not just you guys, but also those around you. You're growing others to be great. You're growing your organization to be great. The very thing in city leadership that we need to be doing throughout our communities and our leadership team and our staff. Uh, all of those relationships, even in our local businesses, uh, you know, we want that. So basically, there's five core ingredients and they go in this order. Um, this is where you can add a little bit more or add a little bit, you know, take away, maybe take away a little less. But they are humility first, not being the smartest person in the room. Curiosity, asking really great questions. Knowledge to get information um, so that you have more information, then you reach understanding, and then finally, compassion. So very simple terms uh, in that in that leadership recipe, and like we talked about, amounts can vary of when and, and how much you need to add of that particular ingredient, either in your journey or in the circumstances. It could be either one of those that might le- need a little bit more or might need a little bit less of each of those but i'm telling you if you don't have humility none of the rest of them are going to happen you if if you don't have humility stop listening because it's not it's not going to help you you've got to start with those in order to grow yourself you must not believe you're the smartest person in the room nor do you feel like you need to be you know i and i i i hope our police chief doesn't mind me taking this but i remember interviewing him he's a newer chief very young uh, amazing chief name is daniel sesney And Daniel, when we were interviewing him, it was a group of directors. When we hire a director, they always let the director sit in without CMO present. And we can ask. There is nothing off the table. They let us freely ask, and they don't follow up to see what the answers were. They don't ask us. We don't talk about it. And I remember one of the things we that was asked in that room is what happens if there's a topic that you believe you know a lot about that's not necessarily in your area? And his actual answer at that time was, you know what, I don't believe I'm the smartest person in the room. And if I am, I'm in the wrong room. And I thought, what a great answer for a young leader, you know, um, to, to think about it that way. And he's like and, and he to this day has evidenced that he will call and say, Lisa, this is what I'm thinking Am I wrong? Is there something more I need? He always asks great questions and tries to determine. And then not only that, he supports us when we deliver an answer he doesn't like. He seeks understanding. Tell me why it is that way. Is that law? Is that, do we have options to change that? Can that be a decision at the top? Who would I go? But he always consults with me as his peer first. And I love that because he's just trying to understand the issue at hand, Uh, And he doesn't believe he's the smartest person in the room. And I'm telling you, he's a smart guy, as was Steve. Steve Dye was our former chief. Very smart. Absolute experts in city policing, in municipal policing. Um, So, you know, that's amazing when you have humility, because think how far he will go by asking those questions of he's got a 500 person department between sworn and civilian. That's a lot of people under one chief. Right. And to believe in his people and ask those questions, I think it starts with humility. And that's that's our foundation of this leadership recipe.
0: And there's a reason that people like that are smart, you know, because they've been able they have figured out a way to leverage everybody. And we, we all understand compounding interest. And there's some little chart if I can find it, put it in the show notes. I will, you know, that if you take a penny and you double it, we've all seen this thing, you know, if you take mm-hmm. a penny and you double over a period of time, the amount of money that it's worth over, over an extended period of time is just incredible and knowledge, understanding, and all of these things work in my opinion, in my life, they have, they have just worked exponentially. They have compounded over time as you shut up long enough to listen to people and ask questions, not to prove your smartness, not to prove how right you are, but so that you can, you can know more. For me, a lot of this started because I'm a very intuitive guy and my intuition has, my intuition has served me really, really well but I had an occasion as a young leader where it didn't where it backfired on me, where I thought I knew something. I thought I felt something. I thought I observed something, but I got it wrong. It was such a horrible, horrible feeling for me. I went on a crusade and discovered this is back in the eighties, discovered evidence-based leadership. I had never, I've never heard that phrase before. Now I've heard it since, and I've read about it since evidence-based leadership. So here we are in today's world of analytics and data and spreadsheets and all of the information that we've got. And a big part of our problem is that middle, you know, or that, that's next to the last one understanding is who can make sense of all this. You know, I'm swimming in this sea of data. I wanted to make sure that I had the knowledge do, do, what do I know to be true? What do I know is not true? Well, I think I know some stuff, but put six more people in a room. Okay. We could all be deceived. We could all get it wrong. That's possible. It's highly, highly unlike it's highly unlikely that, that we're going to be as wrong as if we just held to whatever our own viewpoint was. So this is all really about leveraging the power of others, and every one of these ingredients has that as the focus because, well, hello, now we're back to the definition of leadership, and it's a focus on others. Go ahead.
1: Well, what I was going to say, too, is, you know, so many cities I know, um, it it doesn't really matter what it is, but what I can say is this almost, in my opinion, it can be evidenced at any level. But the greatest value is if these ingredients are evidenced at the top, because that will naturally flow down. And then, you know, we talked about, um, well, and I can actually, I can't remember, but you know, you and I have talked about non-negotiables. What are the things that you are not willing to live with? And it becomes part of your culture. Let's
0: define non-negotiables. Non-negotiables mean, in my opinion, means you're not going to tolerate it, period. That's right it's something that could cost it's something that will cost you your job stealing violence in the workplace
1: sexual harassment yeah
0: you I know mean, <laughs> these are these are yeah. these are these are things that will co- but as leaders then there's these other things okay maybe it doesn't cost you your job but it could you know it's just it's behavior it's performance that you won't tolerate so keep going
1: yeah and so so as you have these obviously working them from the top so much of this bleeds into culture and so many cities are trying to change that when you if you are hearing anything in your organization that there's a morale issue that if you're hearing these I call them these ripples these undertones these uh occasional comments that float you I'm just telling you now you need to explore those And you need to be open out, you know, when people they ask us in HR all the time to help them with a survey, you know, customer survey, and I'm careful on how I write those because we don't include things like benefits or, or pay raises, because they assume they're going to get something when they, because they always want more money and more, more benefits, right? Better benefits, more money. We can't always promise that uh, in any organization. But what we do talk about is service. Um, but, I would always tell people, be sure you know and you're open to what you're gonna hear. If you are going to get a survey and it says, Yeah, morale is bad, uh, we don't feel like we can trust leadership we can and you don't know where that is, but in order to be open to hear those, it's kind of like the curiosity you're being curious through a different forum, right, But in order to have those, you've got to listen to the people and explore it and be open. And then that starts these ingredients start coming into play of okay, now we have information, but you go back to you not trying to solve it, right? If if your one of your directors is trying to solve it, how far can they get? And I would say to impact the entire organization, it has to start at the top. It has to be a unified arm in arm, locked. This is what we're going to do as a group, and the mission is focused on that as part of humility. Okay, we, we've heard it. We're not gonna discount it and say it doesn't exist. Now, what are our values? Those already may be established in your organization. What is our mission? And that should be a firm, locked arm. They must have that. in our In our world at Grand Prairie, if you don't abide by our core values, that's terminable, which is people, service, and integrity. And we have terminated on our values. Not a specific line item in the policy, right We have said you've got a bad attitude, you're not serving your team well, and you're not serving others well, right, And there's not a policy item on conduct that says,, yeah. you didn't uphold our values, right, but we terminate on those because we take it seriously, and if you're not going to live them, they aren't going to be felt, and the ripple effect of who you're serving up, down, or out is going to be impacted negatively and distract from those values and mission. So that's where I'd tell people to start as you're looking at this um, with your teams and in your organization, whether it's within your team in the values you're trying to establish to meet the city's mission, or whether you're doing that from a leadership perspective and you're a leader at the top that can have influence on this and make sure it runs down your organization. Those are my few comments.
0: But you bring up you bring up another point and that and that's where I think these recipe ingredients are so crucial because there is the meeting and then there's the hallway meetings. That's right. There's there's all these after the meeting and before the meeting things. And it's the the closed doors. (laughs) Yes, it's the before the meeting and after the meeting meetings that really create your culture, that destroy the culture you're trying to build and And these five ingredients can bring those conversations into the room where they belong.
1: That's right. And talk about derailing. Those are the exact conversations that will derail any effort you're making. And you've got to watch, unfortunately, the people causing that because they are stirring the pot. And again, if that's a non-negotiable, you have to call them on it. How many times have we talked about? And I'm sure we'll have another podcast on crucial conversations and why those are so critical. But you've got to get people and hold them accountable for what was said. That doesn't mean you have to go in and discipline them immediately, but you call them on it. Hey, I understand there was a conversation. What made you feel that you couldn't address that in the room? What are your feelings? Why, why is that your feeling? Are you hearing it from others? I mean, just be curious and ask because maybe it's like, well, I've done this three other times and I'm never supported. So I this is just going to be another one of those and that may be very true. Again you're seeking understanding one of the about you know one of the uh ingredients. You're you're seeking understanding, you're asking questions, all of those you can see now how they play in to just doing business naturally and organically daily.
0: Yeah, and I good, made a note. A good leader. At some point we'll do an episode on on the the pot stirring that goes on and some some advice on how you could potentially handle we've all got them of right? course there's that, na- there's that naysayer there's that person they're going to throw cold water on everything so their humility curiosity knowledge understanding and compassion add added in that order but with self-awareness so that over time there may be situations where okay as a leader i feel myself I feel myself getting ahead of myself. I'm not including people as much as I might would like. So maybe I, I feel like, okay, I need to lean really hard into, into humility. I really need to lean hard into listening to these people. Uh, it's gonna, we're all gonna have these kinds of situations. We're just life is it's constantly moving. We all feel like we're juggling. We all feel like we're, we're spinning the plates. And we're just trying to keep them from hitting the floor, and the thing that we need in any given moment it's gonna be different yeah i mean you're you're at a place today that's very different than where you were two years ago,
1: yes, absolutely,
0: and three months from now, you may be in yet a different place that's I'm not right. saying it's good or bad it's just it's just gonna be it's just gonna be different all right, so Put wrap wrap this up and put a bow on it for us uh, well, as far as the introduction of this goes. And by the yeah. way, this is episode twenty two oh six. So all you got to do is go to Grow Great, and in the search bar, just type twenty two oh six, and we'll have these listed and whatever. And whatever. I would en-
1: I would encourage you you all listening to as you explore this, explore self awareness. At this point, you're just learning about the ingredients. We're going to take deeper dives into each one of them that will really key you in to that particular ingredient and what it takes from you, right? But I would encourage you to be self-aware. Look at yourself of the light. We've shed light on the the ingredients. Now, what, do you, what is it that you need to improve upon? Of those ingredients, Of what we've talked about, where might you make a change in your organization and how might you do that? Um, and again, that's not telling others what to do. It's how are you gonna apply these For change again if we don't if we don't change anything and we just hear you're not going to grow great you're going to stay status quo and we want to stretch you so that that's where i'd wrap up for us randy and why don't you tell them also we're here to support you all in the audience uh to answer questions you have about this to help you with situations you may have uh in your particular organization and randy why don't you refresh them on how to contact us
0: yeah, the, there's all kinds of ways that you can reach us over at the website. It's dot com, and I'll throw out, you know, an idea we we've, we've toyed with it, we haven't really taken a deep dive into it, but an office hours kind of a thing, uh, that we may could do if any of you are so disposed, we want to hear, we want to hear your feedback. Uh, this is now episode six in this new relaunch of the grow great podcast. So, um, we're anxious to shut up long enough and listen to what you've got to say, uh, hopefully you're finding what we're talking about helpful and beneficial. If so, let us know if you got feedback, if you got criticisms, uh, we're, we're wide open to hear that That's too. Right. All right. Any parting shots before we say good night?
1: None from me. Let's dig into the topics in our future episodes and help them grow a little bit more.
0: Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.